When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. First of all, Jack, welcome to the garden. This thank, is thank great you for having to me. see you. I know. And I I have enjoyed various bits and pieces that you've posted online during the course of lockdown. But it didn't start off in an easy way for you at all. Sure it didn't. No, I, I just moved home from the city to the country. But it's it's been lovely, actually, to be out in the open, you know. Yeah, it's been great. I'm talking, I suppose, though, particularly from a technical point of view. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, those very early nights when we, we all thought this was going to be like maybe a two-week or a three-week thing yeah, yeah, and the yeah, country yeah. was huddled down for the Passover <laughs> and Facebook Live sort of suddenly took off. And it just went to show, though, what a technical leap the whole lot of us had what, to make. What, didn't a t- it? what a technical shambles I am. Yeah, I had to do a lot of revision and homework and learning, but it's been, it's been a good experience. I think you shared it and I, had the, I think I had the camera facing the other way. It was that... <laughs> Yeah. But also Wi-Fi. You know, we've really heightened the sort of digital divide of Wi-Fi and yeah, that sort of absolutely. stuff around the country. Yeah. But once it got going, you took off. <laughs> and not only that, like you said, you left the city and you moved back out to the countryside. And I imagine that did great things for the soul. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're cut off from everything else otherwise. I, I love living in the city. I love, I, love, I love my former flatmates too. It was, it was great just for me to come back and, and kind of just have complete calm and peace around yeah it's cool and you're a teacher like I know I had various levels of success with online teaching and that yeah. sort of thing because I'd never done anything like that before never set up Google Classroom in yeah, my life never zoom tried to do yeah. Zoom sure didn't know what it was and for you as a music teacher in one sense that must have been particularly difficult did you have exam students who were I, I, I didn't have leaving certs. I, I had, um, and I didn't have junior certs either. Myself and my friend, and my colleague, we we do every second year. It was challenging, but I think most of the kids were fantastic. You know, they all were actually because it, it was so challenging for them. But for practical, I'd, I'd often prescribe a song. Um, you know, I want you to learn this folk song or learn this jazz song, and they'd come back three days later with it um, on an audio recording. You know, and it was great. It was it was an interesting way of doing things. Obviously, you missed the face to face interaction and. You know, the, the buzz and the atmosphere of a class and you're all bouncing off each other, you know, and, and, you know, being there in real time, obviously. But it's the next best thing. You know, I think without it, you know, during something like this, it, w- it would have been very difficult. Well, music, I think this past six months that we've had, though, I think the whole country, the whole world realised how connected we needed to be to things like music. We were having a big chat about the garden a minute ago. But Absolutely. besides being connected with the earth, 
it was that connection with things like music and performance and that emotional level of sharing. And like super important for, you know, you teach all boys, isn't it? No, it's mixed actually. Beklash de Vura and Vanisher Huig. So it's, it's mixed. So we've a, we've a good, you know, mix of students. It's great. And I have, I told you before, I sent you a snap, I think, or a photograph one time a couple of years ago when I was doing a primary teacher's summer course up there, yeah. Up there, yeah, and uh, the room we were using was actually the music room. And I was there, oh, this is Jack's gaff. Here I am, <laughs> doing my yoga. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> no, it's great, and there's there's great facilities, and that's a great space, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where we can make lots of things happen. A very energetic and creative and inspiring environment. It is, and and it's great. Like even, you know, at the start of lockdown, I, I was watching normal people, um, like probably the rest of the country, and I suddenly heard this voice that I recognised but it's like when you taste something and you, 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 you recognise it but you can't put a name on it so I heard this voice and I, I had complete recognition and then I looked at the name and the credits and it went under the name Yankee Y-E-N-K-E-E and I looked them up I looked up that band on, on Spotify and it was a, it was my first leaving cert class in the AG a guy called Graham Cooney who is making amazingly uh, unique pop music I can't even classify it you know but he He's, he's on the soundtrack in Normal People. So that's really cool and great. There was a brilliant soundtrack for that, wasn't there? Like we, we took a Incredible. couple of pieces from that in the Beautiful. early days as well. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really lovely piano score as well. But there was some great tunes by, you know, up-and-coming Irish acts, Anamika and lots of other. But Yankee as well, so check out Yankee. <laughs> for yourself, besides the whole kind of technical journey of doing Facebook Live and trying to record concerts, were you in the middle of writing an album or working on an album or what stage were you at personally with music at the it's time? It's odd. I, I started with a song. It's a song I, I think you're going to play today, a new song. I think it was a good catalyst because it wasn't about me. <laughs> Maybe mm. it was on some level, but I played a gig in Mike the Pies in Listowel, which is a really lovely music venue run by a friend of mine called Aidan. And he showed me a room on the, on the top floor of the pub where his uncle Michael, who ran the pub before him, it was kind of like a sanctuary. Michael was a very quiet, cool customer and was an artist also, but he, he kept stacks of vinyl of opera and art books up, up on this top floor and not many, no, no one I think knew about it. It was like his little sanctuary. So I wrote from his perspective. It's not 100 miles away from silence, I think, in terms of team. That then just led to another song and I wrote a song about lockdown then, which I think you've played, called The Drone, about a drone recording a town. So I think when I got out of my own head and, and, and was writing from other people's perspectives, then I started writing about myself <laughs> again, which, which is <laughs> inevitable, I suppose, for any songwriter. It always comes back to me, but uh, there's a fine line between uh, you know, self-reflection and self-obsession. But <laughs> it was great because you know, one song just kind of led after the other. Mm. and It's kind of like a confidence thing. I think when, you, when you're in a zone of writing, which, which I hadn't written for a long time, and I was kind of almost saying, God, is, is that it? And it was the world right up, but... I found lockdown, funnily enough, quite a creative time. That worry, you know, has the well dried up. That can become like a noise, though, a self-fulfilling kind of noise. It's every artist that's faced with the empty page, isn't yeah. it? You know, from writers to painters to to musicians. You totally. Know? Like, if the song doesn't come in the night or if it doesn't arrive fully formed or does it come with its own earworm or, or whatever, it can yeah. be... I think not, so. Not yeah. frightening, but daunting. But I think the fact that you said, like, the first one that really took off for you, the fact that it wasn't about yourself is quite yeah. interesting. And I love that, even that image of 
this quietly spoken man yeah. in a ga country pub mm. and yet he has this other life yeah. upstairs and we all, that nobody we, and knows about. we all about. do and even the symbolism of having an, another life upstairs, you know. We, yeah. we all have little private quarters, I think, in our own lives. Every single one of us, you know, that are our own and, I, and I, maybe a safe place. But I think I think as well over lockdown, when, when John Prine died, he was a very big influence on me, lyrically, mm. as a songwriter, because he often writes about other people and his, his powers of empathy in terms of, you know, he, wrote, he writes about, you know, old folks, an older married couple who are kind of almost disengaged from the world. And he wrote that when he was 25, you know, Hello in There. Really? And he wrote Sam Stone about a Vietnam veteran when he was 25. And he wrote a song about the elephant man in the film who, who's on tour in America. He's kind of put out there as a freak show from his perspective. So people like John Prine and Randy Newman too, who even writes from the perspective of, 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 of a racist. Those are, those are the kind of songs that really interest me because um, yeah, they kind of take you out of your own head. They also, you know, they also, I suppose, reflect something very universal, you know. It is searching for that, mm. which is the but I think that's what we're all trying to, to do. We're, we're, we're trying to look for the truth in some mm. level, um, some emotional truth. I think all songwriters, no matter what genre you're in, hope, I would hope, are, are looking for the truth. I think the fact, though, as well, it's kind of amazing, isn't it, to think that John Prime would have written songs like that at such a young age. Not that he wouldn't have written them, no. but that to be that emotionally intelligent or articulated at yeah, such or, a young age. Or empathetic, age. you know, yes. to, to be able to, yeah. to walk on people's shoes you know. that have no connection to himself. A lot of people I, don't come to that until you've had the knocks in life yourself. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so to have it already, I think yeah. maybe it's just the, the heart of a musician because you're searching for that. Yeah. Always. Like, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, opera on the top floor. I even love the name Mike the Pies. Yeah, you it's know, great, isn't it? <laughs> that in itself is We've so We've had expressive. some great nights there, and he, really? Aiden, Aiden is a great supporter of musicians. Mm-hmm. And he gave Fontaine's DC their first gig, who are really storming the charts. I think they're number two on the album charts. I, ho- I hope they get to number one. They've all the energy of the Clash and Sex Pistols, and it's just proper punk rock and roll, you know. So, here is this beautiful, soft man with this incredible collection upstairs. What happened to it? It's still there. It's still there. It's still there, and and it's it's a. Uh, I sent the song to Aiden actually, and he he was kind of bowled over, but, you know, just hundreds of LPs of, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's an incredible collection, you know, and I, I'm not an opera buff. I, I I love listening to the famous arias, but this collection is it's kind of stacks and stacks of of vinyls. So yeah, I love it. Recording this song and putting it down mm. again a different experience because. You were doing it remotely, or how much did you do yourself, and what did you do with that? I bought an iPad, <laughs> which, which I never kind of have done. I've always been really lazy with technology, but it's it's kind of given me a kick up the arse that way. And I've I've just been using GarageBand and then sending the track to other musicians. So I, I've worked with obviously lots of different types of musicians, but last year, just before the jazz festival, I must have been mad. I went to Sitges as part of a Celtic music yeah. festival. I felt like a bit of an imposter because there were so many amazing traditional musicians. Martin Tourish, Cormac de Barra on harp, and David Lombardi, who's a Scottish-Italian fiddler, who, even though he has Italian heritage, is obsessed with traditional Irish right. fiddling and Scottish Fantastic, fiddling. Yeah. So he did a string arrangement on it and sent it to me, and it's, like, amazing, you know? So I found that great, kind of sending songs to people that I, I like their style or what they bring to a song, and I want some of that, and... They can send it back then and 
you don't have to have the upfront face-to-face conversation. It was like, I really like it, but can you do this? Because mm. you're just sending emails back and forth and having Skype calls. It's a bit like more like a business transaction, you know. Yes. But it's it's amazing. So I, I've enjoyed that being able to still work and collaborate. Nothing beats being in the studio with, with, with the live musicians. Not at all. But it's exciting, though, that out of, you know... When you're waiting for that email to come in and, and you're, you've suddenly got this soundscape that you could have only dreamed about, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it either works or it doesn't, you know. And it's not personal if it doesn't. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that you've also started doing quite recently mm. is blends. Yeah. I was laughing. I was gently, affectionately mocking yourself and Julie Kelleher or... <laughs> Uh, last week in the program when <coughs> you played it thanks for that yeah I did but like I was saying I how many times Connor have you heard me say Connor's here is that how many times you, I would love to get Jack O'Rourke and Julie Keller <laughs> in studio recording so tell me about this series blends that you're um I just love singing harmonies with people and um it started I, I think actually with Yvonne McFlannery's aunt I, I've always loved her voice she's she's a very similar music taste to me and I sent her a version of uh, I Eat Dinner by the McGarrigal Sisters. It's a beautiful song. And I, I don't know why I, I was playing at the piano. I heard her voice in my head. And then we recorded it, and it, it was really nice. My friend Dylan Howe of Rowan mixed it. Two videos side by side. I eat dinner at the kitchen table And I wash it down with pot I eat leftovers with mashed potatoes no more candlelight, no more romance, no more small talk when the hunger stops. When the hunger stops. Never And then Mary Green called out for a jam from Greenshine and we both love a lot of kind of Americana country music as well and we did a Towns Van Zandt song and we sounded really good I think together <laughs> if I say so myself and we mm. did Pancho and Lefty and I put that up and it was a good reaction Aren't you ones of bandit boys His horse was fast as his is steep or is gun outside in his pants For all the honest world to feel Pancho man is met you know On the deserts down in Mexico Nobody heard his dying words As the way so it kind of grew from there. I sent, I always thought Alton Conlon sounded like Roy Orbson. I sent him my drove all night. He recorded it. And his voice kind of shimmers like Roy on, on the top notes. And I added a harmony, two videos side by side. And it's been great because he suddenly has all of this, these Cork fans 
You know, not that he didn't <laughs> yeah. already. He's hugely yeah. successful. Oh, but no, it's it's brilliant when um, it's exposing your and audience. And I suddenly have all of these songs in Galway. So hopefully, when I play, if I play Roisin Doves again, I'll have. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And then Julie... You know, I've always loved Julie's voice. We're, we're friends for a long time. So she called out for dinner and, and uh, we just recorded that song. And the same with Karen and it will keep going, I suppose. This is it. So the latest one now is yourself and Karen Underwood. Yeah, yeah. Which was a really nice experience. I think we sound, we have a nice blend as well, you know. And that's what it's about. It's about hopefully drawing your your ego at the door <laughs> as a songwriter. There's that, I know, because what of, of the songs you're choosing. But, you know, we were talking about harmonising and, yeah. and connecting with people and knowing, well, apart from Ulton personally, but knowing the other people that you have been choosing to sing with and how you have connected musically, there's vibrations of all sorts. Of there is, and there's friendship know. and shared there experience is, yeah. and a lot of, you know, I suppose, love there for, yes. for, for, for the people that I know, you know, intimately and with friendship. 
Let us pause in life's pleasures and count its many tears while we also sorrow with the And, and that carries through, I think, because there's trust. And I think with certain people, I've, I've been singing with Julie for years, you know, it's like almost, I, I anticipate when she's going to even take a breath and I can meet her voice. I know what her voice is going to do, you know, as well, and, and her dynamic range and her tone. And it's intuitive, I think, for a lot of people. But I, I grew up listening to Emmylou Harris and she's probably, I think, the best harmony singer in all of popular music and folk music and country music. And when she's singing with someone, she's always a millisecond behind the main singer and she's watching them and she's watching how they said even pronounce their vowel sounds she's trying to meet their tone yes, it's not about her or her voice it's about the she's blend. not anticipating no she's following and I think that's why she's so successful at it her voice is beautiful obviously but she's completely only serving the song mm. it's not about a competition and I like that idea so I think 90% of the time when you're singing with someone you'll find a blend if you're both kind of in tune with each other I was saying this earlier. <laughs> Linda Ronstadt said it's it's almost as intimate as, as as having sex, you know. But there's there's a kind of a intimacy to singing with someone, you know. And there's trust, and there's you know, there's often love, and and uh, it either works or it doesn't. That basis in friendship and that sharing of love also means that you're vibrating. Like there is an electricity and totally, a vibration yeah. with it, and yeah. it, it, it is different. And it was like we were talking as well earlier on. God, we'd had the best chat before we started recording. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about how you also were letting us hear what it sounds like when you sing with your brother and your father yeah, and yeah, sing yeah. at home like as a family. Yeah. You know? Of all money that e'er I had. I spent it in good company And all the harm I ever done Alas, it was to none but me And all I've done for want of wit To memory now I can't recall so fill to me the parting glass. Good night and joy be to you. And it's cool because I, I suppose, and, I, and, and I've heard it from some people, why are you singing covers, you know? I, I'm a singer as, w- as well as a songwriter and I, 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 I would love to bring out a covers album and... I think if you're interpreting a song written by someone else, as long as you bring your own, yes. you know, stamp to it, you bring yourself. And I, you I think do it's just as potent as writing a song. You know, some of the best singers are 
our interpreters, you know. So, well, on the subject of writing, mm. presumably this lengthy period at home and being out in the countryside, surrounded by the squirrels and surrounded by <laughs> nature, and little robins that eat out of your hand, that obviously has also got the creative juices yeah. really going. Yeah, well, that? I think so, and I think you kind of have to dig deep because you're there's not much noise or, or um, distraction, mm. you know, or, or, or you know, I think I think I found that anyway. And maybe I'm in a privileged position, but before all of this happened in, in our first world, you know, there's so much people worse off around the world at the moment, particularly in the Middle East. But I think we were all racing and almost thinking, oh, I should be doing that. And to a certain extent, I think we all were doing that. And I think we had to slow down. And that was hard because you kind of have to sit with stuff that maybe you're avoiding, you know. But I think with writing, there's no other option. You have to you have to dig deep, I think, and... I've been doing that with these songs, I think, so, yeah. We're talking about this really, really exciting move of a return to live music, like the concert coming up in Triscalow next Friday. I was laughing, I was saying to Connor, oh, Jack is singing at 8 o'clock and the Pekus are doing a lunchtime concert and by the time we came back from Garrettstown, it was all booked out. Yeah, so, <laughs> I know, it's mad. Just like that, you know, people it, were... It, it looks great on your on your page, you know, sold out. <laughs> ten, the 10 tickets that were there are sold <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, joking, but it's it's yeah, it's funny. And I mean, I I I mean, there was only twenty tickets available. Yeah. For the Triscoll, so a space as big as that, I don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I was thinking of maybe putting everyone in a different corner and <laughs> inventing a song with a hum. You know that it could be like this. You know, Gregorian chant effect. <laughs> oh, already I can picture how that would be and how magic for the audience to try something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it'll, you it'll, know it'll, it'll be would. interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit nervous, but um, it's great to be playing a live gig. Um, and I think, I think genuinely, I think I speak for everyone when I say this that that not not just the government, but we all need to be thinking about ways that we can bring back live music, particularly as the weather is is good at the moment. I mean, surely we can find a way to, to stage an outdoor concert somewhere. You know, I think it's a priority and I, I think you're right while people have realised how important music and concerts and songs, you know, are, like like all parts of the arts, you know, I, I think we need to protect our artists. I'm in a privileged position because I'm a teacher. I have a nine-to-five job. A lot of my friends are struggling, so I think we, we need to look after them because we're known as a country that, you know, provides so much art and music and plays and novels and poetry but it's not enough to just put them out on a stage when you have a function to impress some dignitary it's about looking after them you know like like they look after us I know that this last week the discussion and the debate and the dismay that would have come out of the suggestion that people simply retrain for something else in the meantime well it was just the language that was used I, I think it was very very um, insulting to be honest it missed completely the mark of the whole population that is actually affected by this pandemic yeah. and by these restrictions and how <laughs> impossible it is to say, go and train for something else in the meantime and come back when we call you then and we're ready. And I understand that the regulations around live performance are kind of to a certain degree out of people's hands. They are, they are, but I think, um, I don't know, I, I just... I'm all about solutions. It's it's about yes. it's about finding. I, I mean, I think I think it wouldn't be impossible to, you know, stage outside gigs with a limited capacity, and like if, if it meant the tickets were a little bit more expensive, you know, if if you had fifty people socially distanced outside in a space, um, or even a hundred for that matter, 
maybe you would have to be pleased. I don't know, but I, but but I think just. But we do have venues. We do, you have know, venues, like yeah. we have an incredible stage, for example, at Fitzgerald Park, Absolutely. which is set up for outdoor gigs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Swing in the park, Marguerite yeah. O'Connor has been doing for years. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine a weekend like this and a a concert outdoors, which would be easily easily managed? So various things like that. I think we just have to see how, we'll say, some of the restaurateurs and people like that in, mm-hmm. in town have embraced eating on the street and have reinvigorated yeah. that kind of a culture. And we just need to push those elements in terms of performance. But again, like we said at the start, there's a whole population in the industry that, there is. that still doesn't You know, if I, I'm someone, I suppose, who, you know, I'm a songwriter and a singer and it, it's my name, but it's the, it's the side, like my band or the side people, yeah. the crew people, the musicians, the, the sound people. Mick Flannery's recent album, like I, I just think it was so generous to for all of that to go to his band and his his sound crew because I suppose they're the kind of people who who, who get it all going and, mm. and are aren't necessarily the star, but they're essential parts of it, you know. Right back at the start of July, Kinsale Arts Week were one of the first groups in Cork to say do things like live gigs with drive-in. Completely, you yeah. know. And uh, I we didn't get to the John Black gig. We did get to. Um, drive-in theatre nice and you know like that was a whole learning curve mm-hmm. for them and for us as an audience but think how did you find it drive-in theatre when it worked it was perfect Great, yeah, yeah. you know I think the choice of work is instrumental as well it, do, it won't marry with every genre and it won't marry with every kind of performance yes and maybe not even every location is suitable just because you can park something and yeah. and set it up but it's definitely worth exploring and it definitely has possibilities yeah so it's like anything these these are new landscapes mm. and soundscapes like in that there is that slight disconnect of having the performance at such a distance but the sound so immediately intimate yeah in the bubble of your car and was it were you tuned excuse me yes oh whoa, so yeah. it's a radio free whoa yes so for example the second night had david peer mm-hmm. who was performing this rollicking seafaring tale of the bullman on a platform which had a little shelter, like a kind of a platform truck, if you like. Yeah. And it was Ian was on sound, wasn't it, Connor? And uh, they had a radio mic frequency for him. So we parked in the car park of the Soil at Community Centre and tuned to the frequency. And every whoosh that David would do was right there in your ear in the car. You know, if he whispered, we heard it. It was fantastic. So, like I said, I would have loved to have heard John Black yeah, and see what it like he, music he, is. John is like. just so prolific as a songwriter. Yeah. Amazing. And but those kind of measures are still in their mm-hmm. infancy in terms of being financially viable because, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about people who have not just mortgages or rent to pay, but like literally bread and mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. In the fridge, yeah. the basics are what we're talking about as well. Absolutely. So that is all still a conversation that we want to kind of touch into every single week on the program and just kind of keep it. Um, but I think the fact that you're, you're, you're doing this on air is, is, is such a valuable service for all musicians because I think it's making people realise just how important it is to support musicians and artists. And it's great seeing videos on Facebook and sharing stuff, but but ultimately they're, it's their living as well. Yeah, and like we've said this before as well, there is a visible community. Like this month, we're also celebrating Cork Craft Month. Mm. You can 
go and visit galleries, which Absolutely. is just so wonderful. But you can buy art, you can see art, you can go and visit an exhibition yeah. or walk into yes. a ceramic display yeah. or whatever like that. You can see something on Facebook, you can attend now a live gig. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I think, I think on, a, on, a, on a very grassroots level, I mean... I'm only talking to Alton Conlon. He brought out an album during this, you know, mm. so his whole tour was cancelled. But he's sold, I think, more physical copies of CDs than any other album. I'm delighted. You know, and it shows the goodwill that, that are not just goodwill. I mean, he's a fantastic songwriter and artist, but people wanted to support him because they like his music and they want to support him, you know, in his business as well as his art. Similarly with Luca Bloom, I mean, he's getting a lot of um, headlines at the moment for talking about Spotify, but his new album is brilliant and I think it's doing really well. You know, for the simple reason that, that a lot of people are kind of going, yeah, it, everything doesn't rest on streaming sites, you know. We've been saying that as well on the programme the last couple of mm. weeks, you know, that it's a really important time to register and uh, make yourself familiar with sites like Bandcamp and Very much so. ordering things directly Absolutely. from the makers and the creators. Like we was chatting to Cormac O'Keeve about that yeah. in his album on Bandcamp. Which is, and which is a wonderful album. It is, isn't it, as well. But the joy of actually receiving a vinyl in the post yeah. never mind a CD in the post exactly. it's, there's nothing like it and people have forgotten some yeah. of those kind of experiences yeah, 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 yeah. but now more than ever it's it's really important to it is and to I, buy think, I think um, I think just to bring out music and, and, and uh, at the moment is, is very brave but I think you know recent albums like, um, like Cormac's one and, and Alton's one there, there's a hunger as well for new songs and even Cormac's new song Ark is lovely so I think I think people will support new music if they can't go to a gig, they'll, they'll, they'll buy the vinyl or the or the album. And I think people maybe are rediscovering the joy of a whole album rather than just one song, the immediacy of one song, but to listen to a story from start to finish, from track one to the end. We've been listening to a little bit of vinyl, a little bit more as well. And that's one thing, you know, when you have a CD, you can kind of skip yeah. very easily. Yeah. The experience of putting on a record does oh, totally. kind of make you sit I, I, down. I mean, and I've loads of CDs, but, you know, they're great and they're great to sell, but even plastic and the drops broken and scratched <laughs> even the even the sleeve of a, of a record is so beautiful um i was going through my, my parents ones recently and my mom has this roberta flack one i think it's it's not first take it's it's her second album with, with killing me softly on it it's just her at, at her piano but you can lift the grand you know the part that you lift of a grand piano is par- you can lift that kind of like a a children's book, you know. Yes. Little things like that are missed on CDs, where the art is just as important. So you know? much work. Or, or the Velvet Underground, where you can peel back the banana. You know, <laughs> it's it's cool. You know. The craftsmanship that went into the sleeves alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it's gas. No, listen. The best of luck on Friday Thanks. with the concert. Cheers. It's really exciting. Lots of new and songs to be played, which 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 I'm excited about. Well, whenever they actually make it onto a vinyl, <laughs> you know, I will, we're going I'll to be do, chatting I'll about do, I'll that do a again. vinyl this time. But right now, as a moon tour, presumably you're waiting for the next batch of revisions to the roadmap and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. As a music teacher, that's particularly dynamic in terms of it being a live document for you, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. This whole thing about not being able to share resources and stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm learning the ukulele way to define ways to kind of have a practical element, you know. Singing, obviously, will be there, but uh, it's just about adaptation and solutions solutions like and finding new ways yeah. rather than digging your heels in and say, I, I can't do this. There's always, oh, yeah. there's, always, like, there's always means and ways. I'm a teacher as well, and yeah. I can't imagine and I think a day we, we just have singing. to We have to embrace technology in every yeah. possible way. Like I, I, I personally need to get away from it because it does my head in, but if we didn't have had Zoom and Google Classroom. I mean, it, it was a way to connect with people and with our kids, so that's very important. Always. Mm. Always. Now, um, I'm going to ask you to pick a song for us to finish with. 
I'm going to, this is a demo of, of a new song called Opera on the Top Floor. Still a score blast from a jukebox Lads I grow up but play a guitar conjuring you Punched at the bar I hear dreams that turn to dust Till I ring out for last call A pine takes a minute to settle The creamy head rises and lands like a chorus of hum Regulars catching my eye to change their tune But I ain't a conductor I got opera on the top floor Where violence cry and areas explore I'm riding with those Valkyries too low and Got my own Bella in the store. The boy who sing nervous and skiffle, perched with their porter like vulture chicks waiting to hatch. Leopards down races and darts don't soothe the soul. I'm a fish out of water A child of Prague's beady-eyed judges You might blow the whistle if my world collided with theirs After the final, John gave us a drunkenness and dormer And for once I felt kinship I got opera on the top floor Where violence cry and areas explode I'm riding with those Valkyries too low and grim I've got my own Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.